1: You know, I've got my, my dear Protestant friend who lost her daughter that day. Yeah. Her daughter was murdered that day. Um, she didn't miss a beat. She didn't miss a beat. She knew scripture. She knew the Lord through scripture. And I remember her saying her daughter's Caroline. She said, Caroline had six years. Yeah. God knew this. God knew it. And that woman just continues on.
0: In our fallen world, this veil of tears with murder, with sickness, with war, with sin, We have the option to stand with Mary, our mother, at the foot of the cross. Laura Phelps, whose family lived through the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting in 2012, explains how in her book, Sweet Cross, on Almost Good Catholics. Welcome to Almost Good Catholics a conversation about theology and apologetics. I'm your host, Chris Odeniets, and I get to ask interesting people who've thought about the big questions to share their conclusions, to explain what we know, how we know it, why we think we know it. I hope this dialogue may help us approach the truth and to have a really great time doing it. If you'd like to join the conversation, please email almostgoodcatholics at gmail.com. Our guest today is Laura Phelps. She's a writer and speaker and a leader in Walking with a Purpose, a women's Catholic Bible ministry. Her books include Victorious Secret, that's victorious with an I-O-U-S, as in secret of victory, Victorious Secret, Everyday Battles and How to Win Them, and also Sweet Cross, A Marian Guide to Suffering. That's the book we're talking about today, and it begins with the Sandy Hook school shooting where, in December of 2012, her young children, who mercifully survived, lost 20 classmates to a crazy murderer. How to understand Jesus, how to follow him and Mary how to make sense of a world where bad things happen to good people is something that Laura has thought a lot about, and I'm delighted to welcome her to the show and to hear her wisdom on the subject. Welcome, Laura Phelps. Thank you so much. This is fun. Well, I'm very honored. So today is August 15th, the Feast of the Assumption of Mary. Tomorrow is the first day of school for my kids. I'm a teacher and my own students start on Thursday, and I can guarantee you that we will have drills and lockdowns and shelter in places and stuff like that, the way some of our parents drilled for nuclear attacks. The chances of such a horror seem really, really small, except that they actually happen to real people, to real children, and as we and we as a nation cannot wrap our minds around it. When such an attack happens, we all commiserate and lower the flags for a week, but then we get on with life but you've had no such luxury. Your community was devastated by a crazy gunman and innocent children were slain. Would you tell us the story of the Sandy Hook shooting and how it set you on your path to the foot of the cross?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks so much for the opportunity to talk about it because for a long time we didn't and it was a conscious decision actually because there was just such madness Mm -hmm. surrounding the madness. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was the madness of the shooting and then there was the madness of conspiracy theorists who were attacking us saying that we were actors in a hoax. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was truly evil upon evil upon evil. It was, it was so chaotic. And my husband and I, we did really choose to be silent for a long time um, just to be able to process it ourselves and to be there for our kids and not get sucked into the drain of the of the chaos and madness of it all. So it's nice. It's nice to have this period of time to, to pray and to carry the cross and kind of walk through it with the Lord to, to hear where I feel comfortable in sharing it because we may not, and I pray we all don't experience a a tragedy like a school shooting, but yeah, everybody's carrying something right so it, it, i think it's um it's important that we share our sufferings and and how we do get through it so that's kind of been the call on my heart and um and truly it was just a you know a beautiful beautiful day it was in december it was 2 weeks before christmas and my husband and i we were excited because we were we had this trip planned to go out of town which we never do we have four kids. Yeah. We rarely get out of town alone. So we were excited, but I was also a little bit nervous because I never leave my kids at home. And I had um four I have four kids. When my oldest was home sick that day, he didn't feel well. So he was gonna stay with my parents for the day when we went out went out of town. And then I'd my second oldest was at um a reed element a reed intermediate school. Mm-hmm. And then my two littles were at Sandy Hook. My my youngest, my first grader and third grader were at Sandy Hook Elementary. So It was interesting because I had nerves that day only because we were leaving. We were going out of town for the night. So I made sure to give everybody a really special goodbye. I remember blessing my little ones before they got on the bus. And I prayed over them and said, I pray that all of God's angels protect you today while mom's gone.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And um, zipped up their little winter coats and put them on that bus and, and they drove off and I went home and I did the things you do, you know, when you're getting ready to go out and packing my bag, taking time on, you know, doing my makeup, and um, (laughs) and yeah, you know, I was going to look good that day, right? And um, I remember going downstairs and I got a phone call, and it was it wasn't a person. It was like the, a robocall and it was, but I saw Newtown public schools come up on my phone. So immediately my husband, his face dropped because we're just trying to get away for the night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's thinking like, who's sick? You know, like <laughs> who else doesn't feel well? Cause my oldest was already saying he had a stomach ache. So he was home and I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Like, we're just trying to get out of town. And I listened to the voice message and It said something like, due to an unconfirmed shooting in the area. I believe that's what it said. Here's the tricky thing about trauma. Your brain goes haywire. So my husband and I will tell you very different stories of what went down that morning. And we were together the entire time. But it said something to that effect. And I remember thinking, a shooting. And it just said that the kids were in lockdown. And we had moved to Sandy Hook from Los Angeles. And we lived on... um, Pico, corner of Pico and Olympic. So if anybody knows Los Angeles, like that wasn't the greatest neighborhood for us to live in. Okay. There were a lot of helicopters with floodlights every night and and lockdowns and things happening around town were not new to us. They were in Sandy Hook, but so our response was a little bit like, well, it probably was in the neighborhood. Like we didn't really believe that something happened in the schools. We believed it was in the area, so they locked the kids down just to be safe. So my husband just thought, well, let's just head out. We're driving to New York. If if, if we need to come back, we turn around, we come back. Mm. So that was the plan, uh, only we never made it out because my son was home watching TV, and he saw on the television that it was a um, shooting at Sandy Hook. And I have to tell you, uh, the whole time... I remember thinking, well, if this is a school shooting, certainly it's the high school. Like my mind didn't go to Sandy Hook school is grade kindergarten through fourth. They're babies. And you just don't you've never heard of that. Right. Like you just didn't hear of that happening. So so that that literally brought me to my knees. And from then on, it was just mania. It was just mania. We live very close at the time to Sandy Hook school. So we couldn't even like get down the road. Everything was blocked off. My husband wanted to immediately go to the school. I'm scared. I'm a little bit of a rule follower. And I was like, if there is (laughs) something going on, like, I don't want to be there. Like, like they, like I'm following the rules. Our kids are safe. They're locked down. So I had my husband take me to the church, which is St. Rose of Lima in Newtown. And we got there and the church was in lockdown because it was a Friday morning mass and the kids go to mass. And so they locked everybody in the church. So the only place I had to go in that moment was this beautiful statue of our lady. And which was, wow, I didn't, which it was not lost on me when I knelt before her that when we moved to Sandy Hook, my littlest Luke, and he was, he was a first grader at Sandy Hook that day. When we first moved to Newtown, one day at Mass, we couldn't find him. And we're looking. And you know the Catholics, how they drive out of the parking lot. Like, it's not, <laughs> a, safe <place. laughs> that is not a safe place to be. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like someone's yeah. going to run over him. Where is he? And when we finally found him, he was kneeling in front of the statue of Our Lady. And he would do that every Sunday after Mass. And there I was in his spot. Just praying, and I was convinced. I have to tell you, I was convinced they were gone, because of the great goodbye I gave them, and the blessing, and asking the Lord to protect them. I just, I really thought they were gone, and my phone was blowing up because yeah. we had just moved from Los Angeles. So, you know, it's like it's like the world knew what was going on, whether it was accurate or not. And so much when when the, the news is trying to get this first story, it's always wrong. You know that, right. right? So. But I had my phone was blowing up from my friends saying, are you guys okay? Are you guys okay? And and I'm getting told there's two gunmen. There's this. There's that. You know, all this false information, some of it true, some of it not. And my head was reeling. And when we got up to go head to the school, I remember watching ambulance after ambulance after ambulance drive by. And I just looked at my husband. I said, this is not for one person, because that was the story I was getting that um, the principal was shot. One person was shot. And I knew. I said, "This isn't one person." And um, and we eventually made our way down. We had to park a little bit of ways. My husband ran to the school. We had our poor son with us in the back seat the whole time because he was home, um, listening to me screaming in the yeah. car. dead, Like just all terrible. Yeah. Um, and and praise be to God, we found them. They they marched the kids down to the fire firehouse at the end of the San Diego has a long um driveway to go through to get up to the school and at the bottom of that is the, is the sandy hook firehouse and the kids were all there all lined up i mean pretty orderly it was pretty amazing and um we couldn't find our our little girl for for a little bit um found our youngest and i just remember looking at his teacher and she was just white as a ghost wow just, just white as a ghost yeah um but never never in my wildest dreams did i imagine what, what had happened, um, at all. And, and even to the point that, that our priest was there, I saw a priest there and he looked at me and he said, do you have your children? And I said, yeah, not, not even considering that people were going home to empty bedrooms that night. Yeah. It didn't didn't cross my mind. I thought the principal was shot, And in my mind, I was like, oh, maybe, you know, she was having an affair and somebody was angry. Like, like, I'm just making up some story in my mind because you're trying to make sense of what went down. I remember my son, as we were leaving, saying, mom, can I go back and get my backpack? Yeah. And I said, not now. And, um, and I've never been back. I've never been back. Um, and, and then just, you know, the nightmare unfolded before our eyes of watching the news. And the names of the kids, and that's when I realized, oh my gosh, it's the first grade class, and my son was a first grader, and just, just the unimaginable, right? Absolute <laughs> unimaginable. And my my sister who lives nearby, she came by that night, and she had this big statue of Our Lady of Guadalupe, um, and she just I remember she just plunked it down on my kitchen, and yeah. I remember her telling me, Laura, Mary stood she stood at the foot of the cross. Wow. And, um, and from then on, yeah, that, that was the day. And, uh, yeah, you don't, you don't forget it. And yet, you know, there, there's still fuzzy pieces of, of what went down, but just, there's nothing you could do to prepare for something like that. And so, you know, even when I hear about like, you know, the kids practice lockdown, uh, like when you're in that moment, (laughs) I don't
0: know. I don't know. There's no, no real preparation for it. And you've never been back to that school?
1: I've never been back. They they knocked it down. Oh. They knocked it down and they rebuilt it. The amazing thing is the only people in the family that have been back to the school are my two littles that were there for the day of the shooting. Um, and it, I, I tell you, so my, my daughter, who's a third grader, we just dropped her off at college.
0: Right, right. Sweet. Congratulations. Congratulations.
1: And um and she's scared. She's you know, she's she's rushing a sorority and she's nervous. And I just <laughs> heard her and I said, Annie, you have done harder things. Yeah. You've done harder things. And um and that's the truth. And it's so interesting because I was kind of thinking this morning before we got, got together to chat, just reflecting on it all, it it changes. You know, I think the real key to walking through something so traumatic and such a tragedy really is you, it is, it gives you the gift of perspective. And, you know, I know we don't like suffering and nobody wants this. I I don't want this as part of my kid's story, but yet because of it, because we chose to turn towards God. And that's what I, I kind of travel around preaching the message of, look, you're going, your life will be intersected by a cross. It will. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it will be but it will happen and you will be presented with a with a choice because I've seen it in my own community. You can choose to walk towards God or you can choose to walk away. That, that's your choice. Yeah. And, and yeah.
0: yeah. And I just want to say yesterday I was talking about our talk today with my mother-in-law whose name is also Anne and she asked such a great question. Um, how does the tragedy like this, the murder of children affect people who are not believers does it bring them in or does it drive them out? And on the one hand, I think of all the people who gather in community when uh, mm-hmm. a tragedy strikes, like how everyone was nicer to each other after 9-11. Yes. And on the other hand, I think of people who lost their faith uh, in, after the Holocaust, for example, right? They, they started the yeah. tragedy as Jews, but they left as atheists. How is it for your whole community? Yeah,
1: yeah you know, and it's, it's, it, that's just the great mystery question, right? <laughs> because I have to say the Lord in his goodness really did prepare me for this. I didn't realize it when we so when we left LA and we moved here to Sandy Hook, it was to be closer to family. We were in California for 10 years. My whole family's here on the East Coast. And um and life was hard. Um marriage was hard. We were broke. And when I say broke, I mean like it was a zero in the bank account. We filed for bankruptcy. Um, the ma- Our marriage, you know, nothing will, will kill a marriage like financial stress, right? So we were, right. life was really, really hard. And I was at a breaking point. I thought that if I moved here closer to family, all my problems would go away. Um, and as a good friend said to me before I left, he said, remember, Laura, wherever you go, there you are.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: <laughs> and so we moved here and- And nothing had changed. It got even more difficult because I had no friends here. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that is really when I had my reversion, my conversion back to the faith, because I'm a cradle Catholic. So the seeds were planted. It was always there. Mary's Mary. I mean, we could do a whole other episode of just how obvious she has been in my life. Yeah. I, I don't notice it till now, till I have this perspective, but she has been, she has been knocking on my heart forever, forever. And it took really me thinking my marriage was was ending to have this reversion. And I went to hear Matthew Kelly. I went to a Matthew Kelly conference at our church here in Newtown. And he said, if you want your life to change, go to daily mass for two weeks. And I thought, well, I do want it to change. And what do I have to lose? Yeah, and right. that began my turn to the Lord. So what I thought was, to, and it was to save my marriage, Uh, It really created a solid faith foundation for me. So when this went down on December um, 14, I was already standing on solid ground, you know, and Mm -hmm. and what I knew that maybe a non-believer didn't recognize that day. I didn't say, how could God do this? I said, holy cow, the devil is real. Yeah. So if I had not had that previous suffering in my life and turned to the where we need to turn to, turn to the Lord, I might have been in a very different place. I know many people in the community, how could God allow this? I don't believe in a God that would allow the murder of children like this. Yeah. I don't believe that. That can't be true. He can't be good. Um, I, I had one friend, I remember telling me, um, kindness is my religion. We're just going to, I'm just going to teach my kids to be kind. And that became a real big slogan. Be kind, be kind. And, and like you say, we, we are kind for about 15 minutes. We're all really kind. And then everybody goes back to their life. And that's always a big joke in our family. Like, oh, that doesn't sound very kind here in Newtown (laughs) because we forget we're, we're sinful. We're human. We go on. And so to answer that question, you know, I think it's, it's a grace it's such a grace and a gift of the Holy spirit to be in a place where you could be literally standing at the foot of the pit of hell. I saw the devil loud and clear that day, but I, but I knew where to go. I knew that this was not of God. And I knew that because of this reversion, because the the entire year before Sandy hook happened, I started to read scripture and, um, and that was the game changer for me. I'm a cradle Catholic. I never read the Bible. And I think most Catholics, lifelong Catholics, yeah. can say the same thing. You know, I've got my, my dear Protestant friend who lost her daughter that day. Her yeah. daughter was murdered that day. Um, she didn't miss a beat. She didn't miss a beat. She knew scripture. She knew the Lord through scripture. And I remember her saying her daughter's Caroline. She said, Caroline had six years. Yeah. God knew this. God knew it. And that woman just continues on. So like two of my closest friends in, in the, all of this madness that are um, standing on a solid foundation of faith before the, the tragedy, they hold on to their faith. It's not easy. I'm not saying we don't have moments where we have those, like, are you kidding me, Lord moments? We all have those, but but you're always but you're still tethered to him and you come back. I, I don't know many stories to be honest of those without faith that thought, Mm -hmm. Hey, I really need to turn to the Lord after this, because, um, my circle here got very small because I just had to create a safe place for me to process the pain. And that was in the church. So that's kind of what I was consumed with. I think what happened for a lot of people, you know, we need, when we, when we face a suffering, like you have to do something, right? Like you Mm -hmm. have to do. And for me, it was, the rosary. It was diving deeper into my faith. It was starting um, a Bible study here, Walking with Purpose Bible study. I, I brought it to my to my parish, and let me tell you, 160 women showed up every Wednesday morning to wow. study Scripture. Yes. Women that didn't go to Mass, that weren't Catholic, yeah. but we knew that we needed something. Yeah. And so that was interesting to see um, whether these women stayed faithful to the program or went to Mass. It was interesting to see. That mm-hmm. that's where they came. You, the, the, there was a vigil mass the night of the shooting and the church was so packed, so packed that we had to open up the windows so the people across the street at the gas station could hear. And then I remember the priests coming out into the crowds, just holding the Eucharist up above everybody. And I'm telling you, that church has never been packed like that yeah. before and not after. And it was incredible because yeah. it was just like a testament. Like, where do you go? Where mm-hmm. do you go? It's like it's like Peter, right? To whom do we go, Lord? Yeah. Like where else do you go? And I think it's in everybody. We know that we need to run to the Father. It's just do we? And so no, not everybody does. I'm I'm so grateful for the the seeds my parents planted, and just the gift of grace and my openness to it, and for my previous sufferings. Yeah. Because without them, I wouldn't be here. I would I I wouldn't have known where to turn. So yeah, I think it's, it's different for everybody. I wish everybody would choose the path and I think eventually we'll all get there. That's my prayer.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um,
1: But yeah, if you don't have that foundation, I think it's, it's real difficult to start it and say, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to choose the Lord. And I think the best that we could do the best that I could do really is just live it. You know, I, I had a friend at the bus stop who, um, you know, many people didn't send their kids back to school. It was terrifying. And that's what I said to my daughter, taking her to college. And I said, you got back on a school bus and went to school. You are brave. Like you could do hard things. Like you were, you've been made strong. That was just, that, that wasn't the devil taking my family down. That was the Lord slapping on another piece of armor on us. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe that every suffering, like, it is armor. It's going to make you stronger for the next thing that comes. Cause there will be another cross. Mm-hmm. I think it's St. Elizabeth of Trinity could get, could be wrong, but I think she said that life is a succession of crosses and that's our path to heaven. That that's the road to Jesus.
0: So yeah. there's always going to be
1: something, but how are you, how are you going to handle it when it comes your way? What, what are you going to do? Who are you going to choose? And um, I don't know any other way. And I just feel like I'm I'm blessed for that. And so the best I could do is live it. And I had this woman at the bus stop ask me, she said, how did you put them back on the bus? And then she paused and she looked at me. And she said, oh, you have faith. Like she could, she could see it mm. and she knew it because they all knew that I went to mass right from the bus stop. Some people made fun of me yeah. and other people just quietly watched. Yeah. And I think that's the best we could do in, in, for those people that have been handed a tremendous suffering. And, and don't know where to turn or know where to turn, but frankly are, are, are too pissed off to turn to him. And I get it. I've been there myself. I really have.
0: It's so interesting to me how little time it took for you to put your feet on solid ground, which was two weeks of daily mass. I'm kind of kicking myself because I'm about to go back to work and I just had a whole summer and I did not mm-hmm. go to daily mass. And yeah. um, I, you know, I know about uh, Our Lady of Fatima wants us to go the first Saturday Mm -hmm. you know of of, and i did that for two saturdays and then something happened and then we were traveling and then just the discipline the focus you really did it You, the the, this book begins where you started a 33-day retreat to to understand mary better Mm -hmm. and you turned it into a (laughs) four-month retreat so how did you do that and also you said that our lady is speaking to you loud and clear throughout your life where do you hear her where do you see her like how how does, how is that mechanically working? I say the rosary every day and I really want more clarity, but I, but I don't think I'm as focused as you are.
1: Yeah. Okay. So let me see if I can answer this without like going off on a huge tangent. So (laughs) in terms of where do I see her working in my life, which is always to bring me to Jesus, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. Mary's role. It's just to bring me to Jesus. Um, when I was, so I'm a cradle Catholic, as I said, lifelong Catholic. And my my parents had a beautiful devotion to Our Lady to the point that it was embarrassing to me as a young girl that we had like the giant... <laughs> we didn't even have a statue of Mary. Yeah. It was just her head. It was like <laughs> this cute... And of course, now I'm like, I so want that yeah. in my house because it's beautiful. But as a kid, I'd be like, oh, my friends come over and we've got this giant head of Mary <laughs> on our wall. My mom, they would go to Fatima. They would go to Medjugorje and she'd bring me back... Medals and pictures. And I have to tell you, like some of them I got rid of. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm like, what am I going to do with all of these? So, but those were the seeds. Those were the seeds that were being planted. And it really wasn't until my husband and I moved to LA. Our oldest, uh, we had one at the time, and I was pregnant with my second. And we decided to give Los Angeles a shot. And the reason we were moving there, my husband at the time was an actor in New York, and we wanted to make money. We wanted to make more money. And he got an opportunity not even to act in California, but with an internet company. His best buddy had a job for him. And we thought, well, let's go. Let's go to LA. We'll go for a year. This was our plan. Mm -hmm. We'll make a ton of money. We'll have everything we want. (laughs) And then we can move back and buy a house and be close to family. That was our big plan. Great plan. We got there (laughs) and and the plan fell through (laughs) and there was no job. And I remember it was one of the saddest things I ever heard my husband say when he said, "I think I'll have to fall back on my acting career." I was like, "Okay, oh, like no, we're expecting baby that So that's when things got really hard. And now we were in LA, two thousand miles from family, pregnant with my second. It was a difficult pregnancy. We had no money. We went through our savings account, and we. My husband would describe California as a nightmare with really good weather. <laughs> <laughs> for the first couple of years, <laughs> and um, but what happened? So my husband was Greek Orthodox, and one morning at mass, I overheard him talking to the priest, and I said, "What are you talking about?" He said, "I think I'm going to go through the RCIA and become Catholic because I promised that at our wedding that we, you know, we raise our kids Catholic, and here we are having more kids." And so he went through this great RCA program, really loved it, and knew more about the Catholic faith than I did. Right. You know, my Catholic faith, I always say my catechesis was God is love. And I made a lot of banners with felt and glue. Like, that's all I remember. I didn't <laughs> I didn't open Bible. I didn't read scripture. I did not know Jesus personally. He was kind of a plastic figure on my shelf. And that's what Mary was, too. Pretty, pretty plastic figure on my shelf that, mom, you know, mom brought back from her pil- pil- pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. And so. um, So, yes, yeah, so it was really my husband, the Lord, really. Tugged at his heart, he got very involved in the faith. He became a lector at mass, and we just started having this kind of beautiful faith community around us. And at the end of his um, initiation into the Catholic Church, he was gifted this beautiful portrait of Our Lady um, that said underneath, "She pondered these things in her heart." And Ooh. it was just this gorgeous, gorgeous picture. And we were having a couple of friends over for dinner who were in the RCA program with my husband. And so I wanted the house to look nice. We had no money, remember. So I couldn't even afford to frame the picture of Mary. So I just rested it up on our mantel. and in front of it, I put some little votive candles. And I lit the candles and had this piece of paper poster of Mary. And we had a lovely evening. We had a lovely dinner. And halfway through the conversation, my husband's friend asked, "So why'd you pick l a? Why'd you move here from from New York City?" And I said, "Well, it's a funny story, actually." I said, you know, our plan, we came here to make more money and be successful. I said, but I think God had other plans for us. I think the plan was to come here and grow closer to Jesus. And right after I said that, there was a loud, loud bang, like as if you took like five large textbooks and dropped them on the ground. And we all startled. And I immediately ran into the kid's room to see if a baby had fallen out of a crib. Uh Uh-huh. Everybody was asleep. Nothing happened, and we come out, and our friend is in the living room, and he said, "Look," and the picture of Mary had fallen from the mantle, past the candles. Not one of them moved. The picture wasn't burned, and it was face up.
0: That's and very interesting.
1: I just remember, and I'll, and I don't even know how that it struck me that much that moment, but I, it returns in my mind all the time of just. Her confirming, yeah, Laura, that's it, that's it, and don't forget, and I feel like everything I look, I know that the the shooting is not the only tragedy in my life, you know and and, and it hasn't been there's been there's been more since it, but it's certainly a defining moment to say yeah. the least, and I just I look back at that and I think she knew she knew and that detour of going to LA, it seems like such a failure to us. We went bankrupt, you know, and, and we ended up 10 years coming back to the East coast. Like why, like what a waste, right? Like how many things do we look at in our life that we failed at? And we think what a waste. And I think, Oh no, like that detour was a real crucial part of our road to Jesus. And I think about that all the time. And then after Sandy hook, after the shooting, we had, um, a special mass with um, a gentleman who had apparitions of Our Lady, and they brought him in. And after the Mass, we were chatting, and we were up in this little hall having a little wine, and as we got ready to leave, one of the priests there handed me a beautiful wooden rosary, and he said, "Um, the gentleman who sees Mary gave this to me. They were blessed by Our Lady, and he said, give it to somebody who needs it, and I want to give it to you. And that struck me as crazy because my children survived. There were people there whose children did not survive. And I'm thinking, well, why me out of all these people? Um, You know, and then fast forward, you know, just kind of a, a tragedy that that happened with with my oldest child years later. And and the first thing I did was I went and I grabbed that rosary. It's like she's been preparing me for everything, saying, I'm not it's not gonna be removed, right? Like your pain's yeah. not gonna disappear. It's like you know, the the scripture in Isaiah. It's I'll be with you in the fire. I'll be with mm-hmm. you in the water. It doesn't say, hey, guess what? There's no waters to walk through. You're, mm-hmm. you're gonna have zero fire. No, it's there, but I'm gonna be with you. And so those are my merry moments that I just they don't I don't recognize them. In the moment, please. I pray the rosary, and, and sometimes it's like the worst rosary ever. I'm like, I'm so sorry, Mary. <laughs> Believe it or not, that was the third mystery, but I planned dinner. <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah, mind totally. wanders. I don't hear it in the moment. And that's what I mean when I talk about like that perspective, just being able to look back. And isn't that what scripture also tells us? Like, recall, remember. And what does yes. Mary do? She considers, she ponders. Yes. And um, I think that's been a real gift too, where I've I've I know now just to, 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 just take that time to consider and ponder, okay, Lord, I don't like what's happening right now, but what does this mean for me? What does this mean for, for me and you, our relationship and, and where is this leading me? So, so that's kind of how I see Mary in my life. And it really started with these early seeds that were planted. And then just these little ways that mm-hmm. she kind of tugs at me that I never see in the moment. I never see it in the moment. It's always in the look back where i say oh that's what that was for that's why she did that um which yeah. is which is really beautiful and i know there was another part to that question you it asked it was
0: me. about the retreat that you practiced the the four months
1: oh how um, you did it yeah so i'm like i'm like adhd like i really have trouble concentrating or finishing anything like i know father mike schmitz right now he's got that famous bible in the year yeah I, I'm doing Bible in a decade.
0: Yeah, I'm there too. Yep.
1: <laughs> I just have trouble following through. So the Constitution <laughs> to Our Lady is something that I really wanted to do. Yeah. And I think I tried it a couple of times using um, Father Gately's book, which is just 33, just 33 days, people. We yeah. could do this right 33 days. And I failed at that. Um, but so, another thing that Our Lady led me to, I know, because it was mentioned to me two times by two different priests, was St. Louis de Montfort's book, True Devotion to Mary. And he's got True Devotion to Mary with, with total preparation for consecration. It's a large book. It's not an easy read. And I, I was talking about it for so long, but never got it for myself. And finally, a friend bought it for me. And I thought, OK, I'm going to do it. And now his consecration is not 33 days. It's, it's, it's longer. It's lengthier. It's a lot of reading. It's kind of heavy. And it was difficult for me to get through. And then one day, I couldn't get enough of it like a switch was flipped off and I thought this is fascinating. So I was using St. Louis de Montfort's true devotion and Michael Gately's 33 days and kind of cross-referencing and just taking my time to go through it because it was a lot Mm -hmm. and it was beautiful. And I just knew if I try to cram this in the 33 day formula, I'm just going to be checking a box. Yeah. And this felt different. And I I stayed with it a really long time and just fell in love with Our Lady because Lewin Montfort really goes into depth. And the thing that really jumped out at me was he talks about her virtues, but he emphasizes, you know, uh, uh, these 10 beautiful virtues of Our Lady, which are lively faith, ardent charity, divine wisdom, heroic patience, profound Mm -hmm. humility, angelic sweetness, like all these beautiful virtues. And I'm reading this going like, I want this, like, this is, I need this. So I need our lady and I'm just going to imitate her Mm -hmm. Um, easier said than done. (laughs) Yes. Easier said than done. But that was really, um, a turning point in my life was, was doing that consecration and, um, and I have to say, today's my consecration day. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> our day of recording yeah. on our assumptions. So um yeah, just really special, really special. It's I think, um I think the you know, we have to be open to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not always good at that. Um and I'm not You know, like I said, like I'm I'm kind of all over the place. And so to do something (laughs) like like I know today when I woke up, I was like, oh, today's ended a novena, a 54-day rosary novena to our lady. I did start that, I didn't finish. (laughs) I was like, oh, today I could have (laughs) finished, but I didn't. So I think people don't um definitely don't beat yourself up over, you know, Mm -hmm. following these formulas. I mean, our our faith is so rich and there's so much, and we could get really hung up on doing all the things, right? like yeah. the, you novena know, or the daily mass. I am a huge advocate. I think if people could get to mass at least one day aside from, from Sunday, I think that the, the graces and power in the Eucharist are more than we even know and imagine. I think that would be really helpful. Um, but yeah, that was definitely a huge turning point for me, a huge turn. Because you know what, it, even, even at the beginning stages, honestly, it, what it afforded me was just 20 minutes of silence. You know, Hmm. we're just going, going, going. And Matthew Kelly even says, you know, when he started going to mass every day, he basically went with a to-do list. Okay, Lord, this is what I need you to do for me. You got it? Okay, and then he would leave. Right. You don't go and have like, oh, this like huge epiphany. It took time. Right. And when I look back, I'm like, wow, that was over 10 years ago. That was, and to see the progress in my spiritual life, it's slow. It's been really slow. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's all been slow. So I, I always say to people, I don't think like you've, you've got to have your conversion because you went to to mass for a week. I think what it really did afford me in the beginning was I've got just this sacred space, quiet space set apart from the world. And, and I crave that. I think we all really, especially today crave silence, whether we know it or not. Yeah. Um, We live in a super, super Definitely. Noisy world where we've got buds in our ears and phones in our hands and no one's looking up, no one's looking at each other. Um and I yeah. think it's a, I think it's it's the one the devil's greatest worked,
0: honestly. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And and notifications saying, Hey, yeah. Click on this. Yes. Yeah. Um a, a murder like the one that that happened in your town is such an obvious external problem. But mm-hmm. a lot of our problems are self-inflicted and humans, you know, we're we're broken, we're broken people. We have addictions to alcohol and drugs. We have violent patterns. We have disordered sexual appetites. We have jealousies. We have feelings of grievance. What about the suffering? How does how you know Mary's perfect. Jesus is perfect. What do I, as a broken, sinful creature, how can I approach? How can I approach, you know, a perfect mother of God and the perfect son of God and stand at the cross. How does that work? Yeah.
1: That's a great question. I don't know how. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> you find out. I'd love you to give me a ring. Yeah. Yeah. That's- you know, here's here's what what helped me and what I found comforting with Mary. Again, I have to always like say, like, it's a grace. And whether it was because of this, you know, having that giant head of Mary in my house growing yeah. up. I've never struggled with her. Yeah. So I have to put that out there because I have friends that do. Catholics that do. Yeah. You know, because she's so perfect, who am I? I can never be like her and Right. But here's the great thing about our lady. You know, mm-hmm. everything she went through, you know, I could sit and meditate on the Annunciation forever. I have a, I have a beautiful portrait mm. of uh, Mary at the Annunciation that I have strategically placed where I could see from my desk where you, I
0: work. Yeah, let me I I don't I don't want to interrupt your answer. I just want to insert that if you could share what um wisdom you have about all of these Marian mysteries, you know, the Annunciation, the assumption, the coronation, the Immaculate Conception, all of these things that we pray with the rosary. Yeah. What do you what have you learned about all this?
1: Well, first of all, I, I mean to be honest, this is the other great thing about Mary working in my life. I had rosaries. My mom brought me rosaries. I never knew how to pray it. I never learned how. And it was not until we moved from LA to Sandy Hook when I was like, oh, things aren't better. And then I went and heard Matthew Kelly. Then I started going to Mass. And after Mass, the daily Mass, these women would gather on the side of the church and pray the rosary. And I never went with them because I felt too awkward, like I'm going to do it wrong. But I would listen and I would stay there. And I had rosaries. When my Fourth son was born. My little one, mm-hmm. Luke, the one who who had that beautiful devotion to Our Lady mm-hmm. at six years old. When he was born, um, I almost died. When, when after he was born, they think what happened was that my uterus didn't contract, so I just bled out, oh, wow. and I had to have seven blood transfusions. It was it was touch and go. And as a gift, my husband got me a rosary. Neither of us prayed it, <laughs> like, and I was even. This is so embarrassing to admit. You know, I should probably confess this. I, I was mad. I wanted like a nice piece of jewelry as a gift. Yeah. And I was like, he got me this rosary. Like, what am I even going to do with this? Um. And then for Valentine's Day, he got me another rosary, and that's when I started to pray. And the great thing about that is I started to pray it, and I looked at it and I thought, wait a minute, these are broken. Like the, the it's not even the right amount of beads. It was a oh, sorrow It was the sorrowful rosary. <laughs> I didn't know what that was. So I had no understanding. I,
0: I don't know what that is. What is that?:
1: Well, so our lady has a, 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 there's a sorrowful rosary you can pray, which is the seven sorrows of Our Lady. Oh. and so and I'm not even going to get them all right. I, I have to look at everything written down, but that's, you know, um fling to Egypt. And so like all the yeah. the presentation, the sword in her heart, losing Jesus, you know, yeah. like she lost him. Right. <laughs> she couldn't find him. So finding Jesus at the temple. So all the the sorrows that pierced her heart, meeting up with Jesus as he's walking, holding his cross, you know, carrying his cross. So it's it's so that rosary focuses specifically on the seven sorrows of our lady. And you could just Google Seven Sorrows of Our Lady. Okay. But it's different. It doesn't have a crucifix at the end, and I was like, "He got me a broken rosary." That's so good. <laughs> another nod from Our Lady. Yeah. Know my sorrows. Know my sorrows, and uh, and I also never really understood that you prayed a mystery. I thought it was just you held this necklace and said a whole boatload of Hail Marys. Mm-hmm. You know. So it wasn't until I learned. Oh, wait a minute. Each ten beads, each ten Hail Marys you pray, focus. On a on on a certain mystery, right? So let's take the joyful mysteries, which which we celebrate today, right mm-hmm. on a Monday. So that that would be ten Hail Marys, meditating on the Annunciation, and then there's always like a fruit of it, like what 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 do we have to um to like what is the fruit that's born out of praying and meditating on a rosary, and so that's the Annunciation, that's her great yes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: to becoming the mother of God. And I love the annunciation because we all have it. We all have our annunciation moments. And I say, it is that moment when God basically breaks through your well laid out plans <laughs> and says, you know what, actually, this is what I have for you. Because Mary had a plan for her life. She was a kid. yeah, And, and I know we think of her as being so holy, so perfect. And yeah. she was, she was, she was not born With original sin. She was 100% set apart and her only desire for her life was to do the will of God. So that was, that was it for her. So yeah, that's hard because most days I really just want God to do my will. I think it would be much smoother (laughs) and we'd all be a lot happier if we just do my will, right? But (laughs) her, her her only desire was to do his, his will. And she knew him and loved him because she knew scripture. Mary knew old Testament scripture. And people will argue. Well, she's not really in the Bible. She's she's barely in the Bible. She's all over the Old Testament, if you look. Um, so there's just something about her.
0: What's an what's an example? What do you mean she's all over the Old Testament?
1: Oh, so if you so just like, look,
0: the, you mean like the Ark of the Covenant, that sort of thing? Or
1: exactly the Ark gotcha. of the Covenant. You know, it's it's Our Lady, and and my favorite, which yes. is just easy an easy go to, right? Is to on a day like today, like look at today's gospel reading. Um when she she recites, you know, the beautiful Magnificat. My soul yes. proclaims the yes, greatness yes. of the Lord. So if you go to the second book of Samuel and you read um if you read the prayer, is it Esther? I'm spacing is out. Hannah, maybe Hannah, thank you. Yeah. I like, thank you. Esther. Hannah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Hannah's
1: prayer. It's yeah. the Magnificat.
0: That's such a so good point.
1: Mary was echoing the words of Hannah's prayer, which yeah. is so beautiful. So there are these little foreshadowing these little hints of Mary kind of being all, all, all over it. And so just to, for me as a regular old, you know, mom in Newtown, Connecticut, dealing with life struggles, to look at her and see the way she responded, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm far from perfect. If you need confirmation, we could get my husband. Yeah. Off the <laughs> like, <laughs> far from perfect.
0: Fair and enough. Far yeah. from
1: sinless. Yeah. Um, but but I want to be holy. I want to be holy. And I want to do God's will because I do know and I do believe that the foot of the cross is the safest place to be mm-hmm. because that's where Jesus is. That's where he is. And he's waiting for us. And she is, too. She is, too, because she yeah. stands there. And she I always say she didn't stand there for three hours and walk away. She waits for us there. And I'm comforted by that. I she doesn't. I mean, I'm a mom. I don't want perfection from my children. I just want holiness. I don't expect them to not screw up. Yeah, I don't not love them when they majorly screw up, when they choose wrong, when they turn their back on God. I have four kids.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: it's failing, like and we live in a really, really hard world today. Yeah, the, the, um, it's it's a very difficult thing to raise your children Catholic in, t- in today's culture. Right. And so we, we, I've got my share of struggles and disappointments. Absolutely. Do I love them any less? I think I love them more. Yeah. And Amen. that's, that's the heart of a mother. So she's so approachable and she's there waiting at the foot of the cross. And I just find great comfort in that. And I could look at these mysteries that she went through. And the beautiful thing about these mysteries, it doesn't only give you that insight and that little peek into her life of her saying yes, of her running to Elizabeth. Right. I mean, she finds out and she, she goes to a friend and they share and enjoy. There's zero competition, right? Like if that happened yeah. today, I think I'd be, if someone came, if my best friend showed up in five minutes and said, guess what? I have been chosen to give birth <laughs> to God. I'd be like, are you kidding me? But I go to church more than you. I wasn't, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like there was none of this competition. So, so there's such beauty that we can learn and imitate from Mary's response but also ultimately every one of those mysteries is leading us to Jesus it's yeah. leading us to Jesus it's 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 a, it's saying yes to him right it's carrying him in our own wombs and bringing Jesus to our friends like it's always she's always pointing us to him and that's yeah. that's what i love about her and i find her super approachable because she is a mom and i'm a mom yeah. And I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to clean up. In fact, that's not what God wants from any of us. He he came while we were sinners. He died while we were sinners. He did not come to save the perfect and buttoned up. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that gorgeous influencer we're all watching on Instagram that we want to be like. That's not what he's looking for. And 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 he meets us in our mess, he meets us as we are. And I find great comfort in that. And I find comfort that I've got a mom that's kind of rooting for me. I kind of feel like if I'm face to face with Jesus and he's like, well, let's talk about a couple of things, Laura. (laughs) And I could be like, mom, (laughs) can you help me out here? And she will.
0: Yeah. And And you feel that like this is our mother. Everybody says that Pope Francis says that she's our mother. Mm -hmm. You feel that you feel that uh, you feel her right there as your mom. 100%.
1: 100 percent. And and what great comfort, right, on a day like today when my daughter, I dropped off 2,000 miles away. That's right. That I could just say to her, Mary, be a mother. Just yeah. be a mother to her when I can't. Yeah. You know, I let my daughter know you can't just come home on a weekend. You're too far now. You know, you, pick, you she just really wanted to go <laughs> far. I said, that's great. But you know what? You, you go to Mary. And mm-hmm. God love her. She FaceTimed me last night. She's like, I'm going to mass tonight. I was like, good. You know where to go. You yeah. know where to go. It's so important, It's it's yeah. the greatest
0: gift we could give our children today. It's not easy, I agree. I think you've answered my question too, because um Jesus has wounds, and he, they're not his fault that they're our fault, sure. and so he understands the wounds, and you know Mary understands what it's like to see her son murdered, and Elizabeth likewise knows what it's like to see her son decapitated by the king and uh yeah. so. Yeah. Maybe none of this, you know. Maybe that perfection is, maybe the I don't know. The separation from perfection is just another little stepping stone that we should get over. As yeah. a, my my guest last week quoted uh, G.K. Chesterton, somebody asked him, um, "What's wrong with the world?" And Chesterton said, "I am."
1: <laughs> oh, so, man.
0: amen. Amen. Yeah,
1: it's totally. And that was, I think, a real moment turning point in my. Um, consecration to Mary was having this moment of. I, I can't believe that I come to you. And and at the time it was, we were struggling with our oldest son was going through something and, and I was constantly praying for him and I would bring him to our lady and be like, can you just please save my son, save my son, save my son. And one day I was like, Oh my gosh, I am praying to this woman to save my son and I killed hers like and it was just like but i didn't doubt she wasn't receiving my prayer right. that she didn't want this for me um and i think sometimes what happens we don't realize it i think it's a pride that gets in our way and we we call it like well she's so perfect we can't go to her she expects too much but i think it's 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 a pride because she does love us and she is a mother of all and she allowed every bit of that crucifixion to happen you know and i picture her i just wrote a little reflection on Mary meeting Jesus on his way to Calvary. And and I'm always fascinated because if that were me, please, the helicopter moms today, we'd be <laughs> like, oh my gosh, honey, let me take that for you. Put that down. Like, yeah. I'm gonna clean you up. And and I'd be yelling at everybody, this isn't fair. You got the wrong guy. And, yeah. and she didn't do that. And I had actually read that some the- theologians say because her desire, only desire for her life was to do the will of God, that if the Roman soldiers asked her, to put the nails in Jesus, she would have obeyed, and that blows my mind. But that's because she loves us, and we are left. Behold, your mother. We are her children, and yeah. she is our mother. And so she allowed that to happen to her beautiful baby boy, the same little boy we you know coo at uh, at the yeah. nativity of Christmas. Yeah. That's the same same baby that she allowed and then stood beneath and watched and never left his side i mean she really was a was a partner in that crucifixion she she was right there yeah. and that is the sword so people say oh well she, she didn't have birthing pains either like lucky mary like she didn't have to <laughs> have labor pains oh she did yeah it happened at the foot of the cross when they talk about the that hour the lady's hour that was her hour and she felt all of the pain mm-hmm. she felt everything. And so when we suffer, she feels that as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, she just wants to bring us to him because he is the answer. He is always the answer. And that's why she's, she's so remarkable to me because she's Mm -hmm. just forever leading me there. Nobody wants to be at the foot of the cross. We want to be at Starbucks, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but that's where, that's where it all happens. Everything changes there and she's there and he's there. And, um, and she's just a gift to us.
0: She's an absolute gift to us. Amen. Amen. Um, Laura, I, I, we could keep going, but I have to stop because my kids are about to wake up and I have to go to work. <laughs> 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 okay. So I just want to thank you so much. Um, for talking with me this hour as the book is called the sweet cross each chapter is one of these devotions um that that you mentioned um and i'll I'll put the link to the website and everything else but just thank you so much and would you please close us with a with a prayer or a blessing
1: i would love to thank you so much for having this is it's always just an incredible honor to (laughs) To talk to the people about about suffering and the beauty of Our Lady. So, yeah, yeah I would I would love to to close in a little prayer. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Just thank you so much for being with us in this conversation. And Jesus, I thank you so much for leaving us the absolutely most beautiful gift that we could have here on earth, and that is the gift of our heavenly mother who is with us in everything, in every moment. And I just pray that anybody listening today, that you would you would know that whatever it is that the Lord is asking you to carry, hmm. whatever the burden is, whether it's marriage, finances, addiction, mental illness,
0: mm-hmm.
1: whatever it is that you are being asked to carry today, you do not carry it alone. And you have a mother who wants to comfort you through it. You know, God never promised us that he would take away our pain. In fact, what he promised is trouble. And I think a lot of times we walk away from God because we're believing something he didn't say. So so I just I just pray that all our listeners would turn to Scripture and really learn who God is through his word, what he has to say, who he is, learn his character and understand that he is a good, kind, loving father. And yes, there is evil out there but that we don't have to worry because he's conquered the world. You know, the spoiler alert, my friends, is it ends in victory. It ends in victory. Mm -hmm. And we have a mother at the foot of the cross who says, come stand with me. Stand with me. This is not the thing, my friend, that is going to tear you down. This is the thing that's going to bring you closer to Christ. You have to be open it and take that step towards him and hold on to our lady's hand and walk with her. And I just pray this blessing upon all of you. That you would listen to that voice of Our Lady, you'd follow that nudge and tug on your heart, and you would continue to follow. Continue to follow Him. And I pray this in mighty name, Jesus. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Nail's spears shall pierce him through the cross. Be born for me. For you and hail. The Babe, the
0: Son of Mary. Chris Udinitz and Laura Phelps recorded this conversation on August 15, 2022. It's the great feast of the Assumption of Mary, when the Mother of God was assumed body and soul into heaven without ever dying, when the course of her life was over. Sometime between the year 33 and 49, as we learned from Professor Pastigi back in Episode 7 of Almost a Catholic. At the same time, it's the Feast of Our Lady of the Miracle of the Vistula, when in 1920, 102 years ago, the Polish army miraculously defeated a much larger Soviet force, preventing the advance of communism into Europe weekend after World War I. Our music is from Josh and Margot of the Great Space Coaster. Check them out at gscoasterband.com. And our logo of the dog with the torch in his mouth is from the website of the Dominican friars of England, Scotland, and Wales, english.op.org. I'm Chris O'Dinitz. I thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon. This,
1: this is Christ the King Whom shepherds, God, and angels sing